Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And here we are after round one of the NRL season for 2022. And it was good to have some football back on the TV box head. It was outstanding. Loved it. it was Every minute of it. Great to have it back. It's good. Yep. And it's great to be I'm back. I'm sure my wife was happy that, that you know. Ah, too bad. My missus wasn't happy either watching me watch football <laughs> all weekend. But Dems the breaks. So good to be back again, fifth and last after round one. Thanks to bluebet.com.au if you're going to have a bet do it with the true blue bookie there is no one better download the app today or visit the website bluebet.com.au and thanks to Penrith Solar Centre if you're looking for a system there's no one better than Jake and the crew there but let's jump in for the first time for 2022 for our set of six anything we want to talk about topics opinions uh, anything that sort of jumps to mind and number one was just the injury chaos from the weekend there's years past where we've had Rounds or gluts, and you know, mid year or around Origin, this, that, and the other. But for round one, um, Melbourne lose three players, two in particular, potentially for the season Christian Welch and George Jennings, Brandon Smith, a broken hand. Um, you know, Sean Russell for Parramatta has now been revealed he's got, I think, fractured ribs and a punctured lung. So that's mm. that's not fun. Um, Dalton oh, Lesniak played a full game with a fractured thumb, he's going to be out for up to. Two months now, Viliami Vallejo, the other young bloke there, is going to be out for a bit. Sean Johnson with a pec, so the Warriors, another one with a heavy toll. Uh, you know, I think Josh yeah, Hodgson. A lot, a lot of injuries. Two minutes into the season for Hodgson. Like, it's there were some big names and some big injuries early on, but in particular, Warriors and Storm hit hard. So, an impact on the way forward, I think, you know, for the Warriors, it's, it's not ideal when you've only just got Johnson back and you're working on combinations and you're trying to get Walsh and those kind of guys back in, so that affects them. And for Melbourne, I guess... The most obvious thing was what Bellamy was sort of talking about after the game. You've already got Tui yeah. indefinitely suspended. Now you lose Welch for the season, and you're a bit lean in that department. And Brandon Smith was moving into a middle role now that Finucane's gone. So uh, they're talking about, obviously, hopping on the market. and Had some links with Tarek Sims, but for more reports today, they're saying that that deal's done for 2023, but cap space right now is too tight to bring in immediately. So whether they can do it later in the year with the money they've got left when there's less months left or... Yeah. If the Dragons would agree to pay some freight, I highly doubt it because um, they're not in a position where they have to do that for the Melbourne Storm, and I'm, I doubt they would. But, yeah, that's right. They're, yeah. they're not in a position where they have to do anything. For the, for, we're for five months in, so if there's seven months here in a pay cycle, say he's on $600,000, he's still got 300 something left. They reckon Melbourne's only got about 100 something thousand left. Wow, so okay. Melbourne cannot afford right now without help to take him off the books. If they yeah. took him the last three months, they could squeeze it in, like Pungo Jr. for Panthers last year, etc., but yep. for the time being, that's not a viable option for the club. And again, like the Dragons are in no position where they have to do such a thing with the depth they've got right now. So um, 
interesting to see how that one plays out across the year. But yeah, huge injury toll for a lot of clubs in round one. But those two particularly hit very hard. Fingers crossed we don't see that moving forward. Because again, we talk about these predictions. We talk about these teams. You want to see the best players playing football to have the best competition possible. Definitely. So it's never ideal when that happens first up. Tackle two in the set of six. Trent Robinson's comments uh, around the new concussion protocols and the doctor in the bunker. He wasn't slamming it. He supports the protocol, but do you think it was fair in what he said that there probably needs to be a little bit more consultation with a club doctor? Um, they were basically saying that, according to their doctor, and once brought off the field, the two players in question, Billy Smith and Victor Radley, had no symptoms or haven't suffered a concussion, but with the rules and the way things work, with that new system, the doctor in the bunker was able to label them Category 1, which means it doesn't matter about any testing or the result of a HIA. It's basically protecting the game and protecting... Um, you know, player welfare on that side of things, but do we need that person to be at the ground? Because that was the common theme from a lot of the ex-players in the media and on the TV afterwards that the idea is good and it's got you know the right thing at heart, but for a bigger game later in the year or an occasion where someone watching a TV screen rules a player out. Yeah, I think for Origin and Finals, you definitely have to have them at the ground. Is it a financial thing? Well, you're paying uh, them in the bunker, so what's what's the difference? You can't get yeah, one Yeah, but to you the can ground. pay the same doctor to be at multiple games. Because mm. then you're looking at... Sit there for multiple things hours. Things like travel. And Saturday and, and... You know, availability, yeah. It's, but there's already there already are doctors at the ground. That's that's the thing. This is an overriding and overseeing doctor, isn't it? That's the point of it. This is sort of the trust factor, I guess, between the club doctor and the bunker doctor. Oversee the decisions. The, probably the thing I've got a problem with, I've got a problem with some of the indicators. Like, one of them is getting up slowly. What if I so, hurt my leg? I can't get up or hurt my back. Like yeah, I'm not I don't think it's so much that. I think it's more, you know, like one where if if I get hit simultaneously and I get hit in the ribs on one side and I get hit, you know, say the top of my shoulder on the other side, right, and I go down and a replay shows that I, I sort of may have got a glancing blow yeah. to the side of my head. If they play But my safe. issue is actually the ribs Yeah, and yeah. I get up slowly. Go on. There's got to be some subjectivity around it, and this is where I think it gets a little bit murky. They're trying to they're trying to make it really black and white, and it's just something that's not. No, and it's I not black and white. Thought the same thing as you, and they said that they go one of the key indicators, and a lot of the journeys again were going on. He got up slow. I'm like, mate, sometimes the way you get hit, it could like you said, but it could, could also be, be that it's be sixty anywhere. minutes in. There's been a lot of ball in play. I'm just could rude. be cooked, I'm tired. Yeah. So I found that one comment maybe a little particularly early silly. in the year. You've got hot conditions. Early rounds, high yeah. level of fatigue. Match All fitness. we want to do is make the game quicker. Mm. Understand that when you make the game quicker, guys get head spins. Guys get yeah, you know lack fatigue. of oxygen to the brain, man. Lack of lack of oxygen to those working muscles in your yeah your yeah. your redlining, and that that can cause a lot of symptoms, which could be closely mm. linked to concussion if you can dovetail that into something that's close to a head knock or a, or a hard tackle or you know your your head hitting the ground a certain way. Oh, there's going to be teething problems with it. I thought, you know, the majority of what Trent Robinson said was true. And even the players. I understand that your player welfare has moved to the forefront. It's moved further up the pecking order. I understand all that. Uh, can we do it a little bit better? Yeah, I, pro- I probably think we, we could, yeah. Yeah. So right. it's going to be something that just they're just going to have to get better at and change it to try and really sharpen it and make it the best possible protocol that they can. Mm. And it goes to that point again. We we want to protect the players, but you don't want to go too far the other way, where anytime someone goes down, yeah. and there's without any shadow of a doubt, we just go, all right, on the side of caution, you're gone. 
you're gone, you're gone. You can't be just knocking players out left, right and centre. If we have a protocol, if we have all... Like, we're dealing with it at our level. All these protocols, all these procedures, all these tests have been brought in, these baseline tests, concussion tests, scat tests, recovery plans, two-week windows, one-week window, it's all been brought into place. And with something like this, you can basically just throw all that out the window because if the guy in the bunker sits here and goes, well, tick, 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 he meets the key indicators I've been given to make it black and white, you're yeah, gone. That's, that's right. more the point he's getting at. They're not... People straight away jumped on the front foot going, oh, he's only saying it because they lost two players. He literally said it wouldn't have changed the result for him. They lost that game. But in their opinion, their doctor's opinion, the two players that came off, Radley's was a neck injury. The Billy Smith one I didn't even see, and they're saying that they had no symptoms. They've had no effects after the fact, but they were both ruled out again. Yeah. So it's just something that they understand where they're coming from, but we obviously, like you're saying, need to clear things up a little bit in regards to what is the Category 1. Like, like you're saying, getting up slowly, if that's an indicator... That's it's a pretty vague one for certain situations or certain hits to be like, okay, you must be concussed. Yeah, so. it could be linked into a lot of other things as well. That's probably where my issue lies. If you're going to, everyone that gets up slowly, mm. there's certainly going to have to be some grey there and some common sense applied. Yep. Tackle three, your man, Justin Holbrook, uh, challenged basically the challenge system itself. And also a bit of the, to do with the fifty fifty. Is that a fair comment? Because obviously, oh, I don't think so. I thought I thought he got it wrong. I thought he got the I thought the ch- the comments around the challenge were emotional and post game. Well, it's obviously um, been a build up. Yeah, I, I do. However, I've got a huge issue with the end of the game with Mitchell Moses, like at the ground. That 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 ruined the game. That ruined the end of the game. Mm. The fact that he could just take the piss and stand there and run forty five seconds off the clock. I had a, I've got a massive issue with. Um, because it, it robbed the Titans of a chance, and Parramatta regained the kickoff anyway, so it wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, but it's a minute and a half. I just have I have a huge problem with the fact that you could just stand there and take the piss and run time off the clock intentionally. I I think that's something we've got to look at. Wasn't that the whole point of stopping the clock inside the last, the last five, minutes? five minutes? That's what I thought for any penalty. Um, that that was the one that infuriated players. me, and not that I thought that the Titans deserved to win, deserved to lose. It didn't impact the game. It just robbed us of a of a more exciting finish as a fan. Yeah, that some of the challenges I, I look at some of them and I disagree with them. Uh, I, I understand where Holbrook's coming from. Yeah, I think if he he's... feels as though he didn't get the rub of the green, and you know there were a few that were fifty fifty that went. I, I get it. Yeah, but I think as, he's as inferring a, that the smaller clubs obviously aren't getting. I, I feel that I, I didn't feel it too much on Sunday. Mm. I, I can. There are times you know when I th- I feel like we play against some of the bigger teams, and we probably don't get the rub of the green, but I, I don't think the Titans are the only team that feels like that. Mm. I, I do think that there's a personal element that comes into refereeing, and they, they probably do think, well, Parramatta should win this game, or Melbourne should win this game, or the Roosters should win this game, or Penrith should win this game. There's always that personal element of uh, that comes into it when they're making 50-50 decisions. I, I, I think, I just think, You've just got to trust your officials. You've got to trust your referees. You've got to trust your bunker officials. You've got to trust that they're going to get the those calls right and they're going to be subjective. And, you know, if they're 50-50s, hopefully that they, you know, the 50-50s fall, you know, to an even sort of split to the teams. But I didn't think the Titans were, were robbed in any way on the weekend, apart from, you know, I just thought that was an absolute piss take at the end with Mitchell Moses, as I've already already articulated. Yeah, and I, I kind of see where he's coming from, but there's, there's some challenges that just aren't black and white. And I think mainly the stripping one frustrated him in particular. 
was one late there where they called a strip for Parramatta and said there's intent there. Then the old man was saying, oh, he's just trying to make a tackle. I'm like, well, it's a hard one in a lot of cases and you could get a different opinion from a different referee or a different bunker official because we're, we teach them and we were taught to get the ball. So you're always hands on the ball, wrapping around the ball. Mm. You're still trying to make a tackle, but your intent is always to be on the ball. Yeah. So in a lot of those slow motions, the way you look at the hands and the motion pulling or grabbing and a player trying to fall, like it can be interpreted interpreted as a strip. It could be interpreted as intentional. It could be interpreted as just in the motion of a tackle. It's That's a gray area. Yeah. So those ones, I think that's what he's more saying. He's like, well, feels like they went the other way when they were 50-50 or gray, but in our case, it didn't go away and it looked like the exact same thing. So yeah. clearly there's a frustration that's built back up from last year as well because you don't come out in round one and fire that off. And I'm sure, again, usually to make those sort of comments or come off the back fence like that, you need the backing of the club. So clearly I think someone's given him the green light and thought, yeah, go for gold, have a crack. So frustrated, um, but hopefully... Moving forward, I thought they were good in attack. Some good signs from uh, some of your young spine players. Just not probably the second half they wanted in terms of errors and some critical decisions come out of their own end, I guess. But yeah, I agree. There were some good signs there, in particular Sexton. Sexton played very, very well for a first up run as the seven. But tackle four, the expansion today announced of the NRLW. Um, some good signs of some base work that's been put in by the NRLW to not slow things down, but actually get some good things in place. They spent a lot more time with the junior competitions, the New South Wales Harvey Normans, the Queensland comps, Tasha Gale, etc., and building a good base rather than doing what a lot of people have said and just going to rush, expand, push it out there. Like The build needs to be proper. The base needs to be there. The talent pool needs to be there. There needs to be the quality before expansion. So I think they've done the right thing the last couple of years in what they've done, in particular at the, the junior levels for female rugby league and building to now get to this point where we're going to have two NRLW seasons this year with the six teams. Then we're going to go to eight teams in 2023. Then in 24, it goes to 10 teams. And yep. you've got a couple of clubs that have already got a base for it. So the no-brainer for me seems like the Warriors will come back when the COVID bubble drops. Yep. I think Canberra's got a good base probably down there. I remember Cronulla being one of the original teams that was really pushing for it. They haven't been involved. I'm sure they might try and throw their hat in the ring. Um you know, there's a few that are there for it. And I think the Cowboys have been putting a lot of money into it from what I've heard the last few years. So doing it the right way, getting it established in a lot of these areas, having clubs that are finding it more viable and another good thing for the female players as well with the expansion of the comp, more games, which means more money. I think their rep payments have gone up. So Origin, I think, was about four grand. It's now six grand. All-Stars was a grand. I think it's now about 3000 They've got a salary cap coming. There's going to be two marquees who can get... You know, I think up to $35,000 plus a job sponsored by the club to help with career development. Um, so there's, there's going to be a, a bit more balance on that side of things without worrying about work and life and balance. But again, with more comps, uh, with more teams, with more commercial appeal, with more growth over time, and again, building that strong base and building TV audience, which is already outdoing the AFLW, I'm pretty sure they've said, uh, almost by double. Um, when you get that sort of stuff and more money becomes commercially behind it, they will get more money. Yeah, and there will be more TV product to sell, and there is more money to go around, and then there'll be more sponsors. Like I think they're doing it the right way. So yeah, I think so. I think good there's, news. There's a lot of um, a lot of things happening in regards to the develop development of the women's game. Like Mounties have had a women's side for a long period of time now. Very very strong program. It's treated exactly and uh, coached exactly the same as the New South Wales Cup and Ron Massey Cup program, which we're involved in. Uh, you know, I've mentioned it a few times. We've got a, a girls rugby league program. We have done at school for 
a significant period of time. So have a lot of the sports high schools. Well, Penrith's not. I think I uh, Westfields are about to kick off. Westfield Sports High are about to kick off a girls program. Hill Sports High are going to do the same. So this is where your development comes from. I think it's a no-brainer. Mm. Penrith's had a women's competition for a while with a couple women's of Women's competition. They haven't They haven't had, um, as, as a club, the Panthers haven't been as strong um, no. in, in regards to supporting... A women's team. I think they had a they had a Tasha Gale there for a while, and then it might have fallen away. I think it's back now. Um, yeah, I, provided that you've got the feeder and you've got the players to to feed and make sure that the quality is good, I think mm. that's that's really what needs to be key at the forefront of what we're talking about with the women's game at the moment. It's growing. There's a there's a lot of feeding coming in through the bottom, uh, but and then you you need to give those girls that are you know, probably the level below NRLW, you need to give them enough exposure to make sure that they're ready to go and play NRLW. Yeah, so, just, that's the point of what we're talking about. Like, people going that's expand, also now, going expand, to be, now, expand now. Okay, so if you're going to expand, what impact is that then going to have on the Harvey Norman state-based competition? Yeah. Which is essentially what Mounties, a lot of the girls that play NRLW will come mm. back and play in well, that Mounties. Mounties are feeding about 12, I think, at the moment, or 11 Basically or Basically, so. the whole Mounties side are playing somewhere Between in Between Parramatta there. and St. George, I think, most yeah. of them. And the Roosters the girls Roosters. from Central Coast were very strong, mostly at the Roosters and Split. Yeah. Brisbane have obviously had a bit of a stronghold because majority of their players playing that comp up there are all in the Broncos team. But I'm not that far. I'm not, I'm not that far invested in the women's game to know, you know, whether there is enough quality there to come through and feed those teams. I guess we're mm. going to find out as it progresses. But I think it's a good thing. I think the NRLW is going great guns. So yeah, it's it's all positive. The, the rating the same. The ratings are unreal. So mm. all positive. And that, that that talks to the quality. But I think they've done it the right way. Everyone said, do expand, expand. If you yeah, go too quickly yeah. and you get some young people in and the Brisbane players all stay there and want to be successful and the Roosters have got some more ability outside the cap, as we know, for something like this, for jobs and support, you don't yeah. want a lopsided competition. Correct. This year, I think, with the six teams so far, a lot of the games I've watched have been really good, really close. And, uh, you know, Brisbane have obviously been dominant, but the Dragons gave them a good run for their money on the weekend and the Roosters... They've got some real quality players, haven't really got the results yet, and then the Parramatta team looks strong, and the Titans have won a couple. Like It's been really well balanced, and that's how it should be. Yeah. But that's the other thing with this expansion and the salary cap and the marquee players comes is you still need to keep some equalisation of talent, which I think the marquees and a bit of a salary cap allows you to do. You don't want to go too hard too early and have a couple of people be able to get a lot of money and a little bit of money. It needs to sort of be a little bit more structured until, like you said, it has a better base, has a bit more commercial behind it a bit more TV money behind all those sort of things that you need to build up to be able to get that framework to make sure it's stable and long term yep tackle five the rule change impact from the weekend uh, I don't know about you but seeing people having different opinions was it good for the game was it bad for the game I honestly think that it probably was a good balance now with the penalties coming out of yardage or outside your 40 sort of took away that touch footy feel where it's just constantly six again six again and one team just gets cooked and really struggles to get possession back. I think that sort of stop, kick, start again, you're obviously giving up the field position, but it was felt a bit more of an arm wrestle. It felt like games were a bit closer. It sort of dragged a couple of teams back in a little more than that constant roll that we saw where you could just you know, brutalise a team with six again, six again, six again, and just possession, territory, momentum, and feel like you couldn't get out of that dishwasher and that cycle that just kept coming for you. I, I've thought it actually felt a lot more like a game of rugby league again. Not saying it was exactly touch football last year, but there were some games between the top and the bottom that were that far apart and with nothing but six agains and all the rules that were feeding into 
a fast game and flow and not been able to slow things down, it, honestly, some games just felt like they were out of control. So I actually quite enjoyed the rules. I thought it brought. I a thought bit it was more. better. Yeah, much yeah. better. I agree. Uh, but I'm. I hate the six again. Yeah. But I. Yeah. I felt like this was a better version of it. So again, seen a. Uh, Mostly positive feedback. Some weren't a fan. I know you could probably simplify it. Some people are saying, why it's the 40? We should just make it halfway mm-hmm. if you're going to get that complicated. I know some people still like the scrum. Why don't they bring the scrum back? I like the ball banner. I said it before. I think the good teams use the scrum the right way. Some didn't. I wouldn't be opposed to it. But again, finding that balance between how we took everything to try and get breakneck speed and now we're trying to sort of balance it out a little bit. I thought the balance was quite good on the weekend, so... If things go positively across this season, I'd like to think no more real rule changes moving forward. Yeah. And we sort of find a balance finally where we're like, all right, this is the right balance between speed, ball in play, player fatigue, and again, not going from one end of the spectrum to the other like we've done over the last couple of years. Yeah, but all positive. And last tackle, tackle six for this set of six, just how good it was to have footy back on the TV. I don't know about anybody else. I know we had two pretty shit years in and out of lockdown. Uh, there's been... A lot going on over the past couple of seasons. We could go to the games. We couldn't go to the games. Limited capacity. No capacity. Cut out of Magic Round. Grand Finals moved. Origins changed. Restricted Grand Finals. Relocated Grand Finals. And now, again, a lot of people out there have just dealt with a hell of a lot in terms of floods across New South Wales, Queensland, and all over the joint. So um, I think it was a really good time for Rugby League to start again. Yeah, it was unreal. Beautiful. It just seemed like good timing. All the games were uh, pretty entertaining. I know the Dogs game got a lot of shit. Uh, Dogs-Cowboys game got a, a lot of poo-pooing for the quality, but I um, I quite enjoyed it. I, I sat there and watched it. They got and stuck just thought into it was, each other. Yeah, it was, it was ugly, but some of the, sometimes you just... I, I had an appetite from one of those games, mm. particularly after watching the Titans-Para game, which was a cricket score. Mm. You go and just watch a grinder like that. It, yeah, my style of footy, I, I liked it. Mm. All right, well, let's jump in and do those reviews of the games from the weekend, and the season kicked off. At Blue Bet Stadium against uh, Manly, the Penrith Panthers, the Premiers came home, and a lot of people without clearing were worried and big on Manly and thought, here we go, but it seems like a common theme. And again, it's only round one, lingers again, and that's the ability for Manly to step up to those teams that are considered top three or top four. And Penrith without Cleary, I couldn't believe how well they started. They were outstanding, their physicality, their speed. For a lot of guys that come off post-season surgery, probably wouldn't have had the biggest pre-seasons. Maybe after two years of non-stop football, they're just a little bit battle-hardened, I guess. But they come out of the blocks flying. Yeah. Um, the, the link work by Isaiah Yo and the balance now that has grown between run, pass, different positioning, playing tight to the ruck when he sees an opportunity to get in behind, inside-outside leads and trails, playing three wide, playing almost as a genuine half of the end of the night. Like he... There was talk again, like from some people about, oh, you know, maybe Jake, maybe he's overtaken Jake. Fuck, he overtook Jake before last year, kicked off, in my Easily. opinion. Yeah. Murray and a lot of guys with the way the rules are going to me are more valuable than Jake Jaboyevich. That's not even a question. He's a worker, he tries hard, but the way the game's going, yeah, he's not top three in that position anymore. Yo, but though, is the benchmark in terms of what you'd be looking for now in a 13. Um, I thought the pack was really good. Fish back healthy. Leoto, who's another one, unfortunately, is going to be out long term. He's got a fractured shoulder, I think, or something wrong there that's going to be. Six to eight weeks, so that's pretty significant. Um, but their physicality, Tago filling in, they didn't swap their edges like I thought they would, but balance-wise, defensively, Martin playing in the back row was great. Tago, like I said, in that position, Dylan Edwards at the back, all around tick, tick, tick for Penrith. I just thought they were ruthless, physical, 
and O Sullivan, people are like, oh, wow, like, where's your bin? It's like, well, it's not about where he's bin. It's who you play with. Some sevens don't have physical gifts. Sean doesn't have physical gifts. He's not a guy that can flip a game on its head on his own. He's not going to run. He's not physically imposing. But in terms of rugby league intelligence, IQ, growing up around football and coaching, he is all those things. You yeah. put him in that team with those weapons around him and wonder why he looks so good, that's why. He's more than capable of steering an NRL side. But they need a brain, much like Nathan. But Nathan obviously has some physical tools. Good defensively, strong runner, all those bits and bobs. But Sean plugging into that is a very, very good backup to have for them this season. Um, yeah, he was more than competent. Yeah. And, you know, he kicked well. He made his tackles. Yeah, he didn't overplay his hand. He knows who he is. He knows what his strengths and yeah. weaknesses are. And he, knows and he what played he has accordingly. <laughs> and exactly, he unlocked you know the the skill of the and the strength of the players around him. Mm. That, that's a sign of just someone who you know knows how to manage the game uh, and just knew what he needed to do for the team. Mm. And I, like I said, I can keep praising a lot of the Panthers boys, but I thought they just bashed them. Yeah. They, 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 they and I said in the preview to this season that the big question mark was over Manly's forward pack. Mm. Manly's forward pack got belted. Well, I'll tell you what, they also touched up and their got back rolled. three, Yeah, they? they did, but they, they touched up their back three because they know how strong their back three is. That was a targeted attack to take a strength away. I think it was very, very much targeted at a weakness through the middle of the field. They they chopped them up and ate them alive in the middle of the field. Well, I think it, it was a no contest. sort of proves the point again. It's happened in those, these games against the top sides. I think they're back three are really, really good inside 20 and finishing opportunities in open field. I still don't think Garrick and Saab are great yardage wingers. Saab does not like carrying in yardage. Mm-hmm. He does not like the physical game, and they knew that. They kicked to Saab on purpose. They got three into him. They dragged him back. They beat him up. They made sure that Turbo was carrying out of corners. They made sure he was pressured from the inside constantly. They did a real number on him. Yeah. Um, and again, the centers who were exposed a little bit at the back end of the year in particular Harper was really going after by Melbourne and South in those finals games and opened up after a really good run looks like a lot of teams have done video in the off season and I think they can expect a bit more traffic going at their edges as well so a little bit to work on for me only no doubt still the talent there like last year they were 0-4 of course. and the house was on fire so I'm not saying you know it's all doom and gloom but that sort of question mark again about can they step up to those three or four teams we probably think above them well round one they had a team without Cleary and Bar a couple of disallowed trials, they could have been beaten by 40. Yeah, so exactly. It's not the greatest sign, but it's only round one, so we'll move on from that one. Uh, Raiders Cronulla, I actually thought this was a pretty entertaining game. It was good. Yeah, good, uh, really, really good. Back and forth contest, but I think it was summed up by I think both of them had a good period and a bad period. And in those periods, both teams dominated. I thought Canberra, first half, obviously really good, carved up the middle, rolled to there very well. That They're packed like Tapine, Papali, Hudson Young. Really, really good. Jack looked pretty solid as well. Snyder did more than his job. Um, and a good bounce back considering they lost Hodgson so early. With Starling coming in. Um, you know, the young outside backs that played as well, like he threw Tomoko and Schiller in, who was pretty solid on debut. He saw some traffic in the second half and probably had a moment or two where he got caught out. But yeah, it sort of flipped the other way in the second half, didn't it? They had a rough period where they had some errors and didn't really take advantage. And Cronulla uh, were able to capitalise. And I think the one thing that stood out for me is probably... They weren't as fluid as you'd probably want in their halves. I think the, the combination of Moylan and Nico was talked about, you know, in this off-season in regards to do you go with those guys, do you go with Trindle? I, I think long-term, it's a no-brainer. Trindle has to be in the halves. Yeah, You I can't have Nico so. and Matty Moylan. It's, it's, there's too much running. There's not a dominant organiser. It just it doesn't seem to me to completely fit and work. Um, that's not saying they were bad. They had their moments yeah, individually. Yeah, well, we spoke about that last week, didn't we? About yeah. having two similar style of who's players. Who's going to run it? And Braley's not 
that sort of nine to kick and control. Like. No. So I think Kennedy, again, showed his class. The few moments that he had definitely showed that that's... Oh, they, they look good. The Cronulla era side, when you move a lot of those parts in together, they're going to take a little bit of time to gel. Hmm. You know, they had the game won essentially with three and a half to go. Uh, Campbell were just good enough to... Good play by Young. Absolutely, yeah. Canberra, you know, at home, they're a good side, the Raiders. So I, I wouldn't lose any faith in the, in what Cronulla are going to do this year. I thought they did extremely well to come back. They showed great resilience to come back into that game and lead. Uh, then to, you know, work in and kick the field goal and put themselves in a position to win. They just, there was a fifth tackle try um, that the, the Cronulla were there. They, they they were contesting it. They were, they were there to stop it. Mm. And they just weren't quite good enough on the day, but... Geez, they competed hard, and yeah, they just got a few logistical issues that they've got to work through and work out some combinations, and that'll come with time. Yeah, and that's the same thing again with some of these sides that have heavy changes. You're mm. going to see Moylan again this week, and then I think Trindle's same back. With Canberra, like so, Canberra, you know, they lost obviously yeah, Hodgson. Lost Fogarty. They lost. Yeah, they had Schneider come in because they lost Fogarty, so they had a lot of moving New edges. parts. They had um, Schiller, Tomoko. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of. Oh, I really like what I saw out of Canberra. I like. Uh, there was a noticeable effort to move the ball, to pass the ball, yeah. to link, to Across play, to third. use their skill. I really liked that out of Canberra on the weekend. I, I really, really liked the style of play that they they implemented in the first half. And I think more importantly, they blew those leads last year. And they blew one here, but they got it back. Yeah, We saw so many games last year. We sat here every week and we said 12 points, 16 points, 8, like not... Massive leads, but they had good leads that shouldn't yeah. have been let go, and they let eight to nine. Like it was a ridiculous amount go, and in yeah. the end, they were even for the eighth spot and should have well and truly got in, despite all the bullshit that went on. But we've seen something there in round one, and again, I'm not, we can't write a whole season on it, but we've seen something we didn't see last year. They found a way to win. They got it back. They suffered some adversity. They've already suffered some adversity before a ball was even kicked, and they found a way to get a W, and that's a big win. Like. That against someone you consider a bottom eight side, but to go up against someone that people are talking about as a finals team, to lose Fogarty, to lose Hodge so early on and jag that two points in the way they did, hopefully that's a good building block for them to do what we said and hopefully be able to look internally until Fogarty gets back and look at Schneider and say, you're maybe someone after this or moving forward that we, we're going to have play in this position. Yeah. Schiller, Tomoko, dropping Croker, like Ricky pretty much put his nuts on the table first round with that team with what's going on and said, look, this is how we're moving forward. Mm. To get that result, you'd be feeling a lot better and so with the team. Yeah, so, agree. Um, yeah, Sharks again over the next few weeks. We'll get more in depth, but combinations, players coming back in. you still got McInnes to come back. You'll see Trindle come back into the mix. Wade Graham, I think, said on the radio this week, he's hoping to be back by round four or five. So there'll be some dynamics that change in their side and things that get figured out over time. Bench balance, that big pack. I uh, thought they did an okay job, but still think they need a Moylan or a Connor Tracy at some point to mm-hmm. go back to that role when Trindle's there. Um, but yeah Broncos South I'll say one thing for the Broncos all effort there was uh, certainly no lack of effort which is the big thing that's probably been concerning the last couple of years in particular defensively and then just that resilience that mental resilience where as soon as there's been a trial as soon as something goes against them there's just been a spiral effect Uh, the other night I think they worked their backsides off I think part of it was contributed to by South no doubt and they were a bit clunky and I think losing Taff late and obviously Luttrell was not there either put even more pressure on a Cody Walker who we see get frustrated at times and I think Cook missed some assignments and between those two they probably should have been better in the way they helped Ilias. Yeah. Um, but 
no excuses, take nothing away from the Brisbane Broncos. I thought, again, effort was probably what summed up a lot of things. Good yeah, scramble. Yeah, I agree. agree. It was one of cover. those games. It was a round one game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like Kelly's... That, that Kelly play was so underrated. That's a man... South, South, I thought, had more opportunities. 100%. They bombed four or five. They, they bombed a stack, but Brisbane were good enough Brisbane to stop them. Brisbane bombed a couple as well, mind you, but... Uh, I never really felt like South were going to come and get them. I felt like their attack was really clunky. Mm. It was disjointed. And again, you just highlights that hole that is going to be left by Reynolds in the short term, and they're just going to have to gradually patch that up and gradually... You know, working combinations, and this is sort of similar to what I said in our preview. Um, That's why the that, seventh. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, I agree. You know? um, but you just you you're having players there that are learning how to play first grade in first grade. Yeah, it's always going Ilias. to cause issues like this, where you know you might be slightly off at the elite level. You can't be slightly off. Your execution needs to be pinpoint, and that that's the issue. That and like you just said. They are going to have to rely on the fact that they're going to get better as the year goes on, and and I just think they're going to be in that little dogfight for the, for a top eight position. I, I I agree. We both had them in a similar spot, th- and this is why because you you lose that linchpin that yeah constant you, you still your kicking game, your goal kicker, you know your fluent half, your little general. When you let that go, you need to understand that. There's going to be some teething problems, and guys are going to need to have to develop into those roles. You don't click your fingers and have someone fill those shoes. No, and the Gagai thing was underestimated. Their outside backs were pretty ordinary. Mm. Their back three, which he contributed to even as a centre, was pretty ordinary. They struggled in yardage. They struggled in a lot of ways. Like the Tarn Milne tackle where he jumped in front of Campbell Graham at one point to let the try and let Hoats got. That was just selfish. Yeah. Like that's not even a defensive stuff up. That's not even a misread. That's a man literally cutting in front and creating a two-on-one. Mm. There was no need for that whatsoever. He got one right a couple of moments earlier where he came in midfield, which is completely different because you've got grass behind you and if there's a misread, you're going to have cover. But on your own goal line, man on, you don't run in and just cut the centre no. and leave somebody, the quality of Herbie Farmer, or whoever it was, I think it was Herbie Farmer, said to just catch pass and go, oh, there you go, thanks, yeah. for a corridor for that man to score. Yeah, it wasn't smart footy. Uh, I think another tough decision on the back of that, what I've just said, though, Mansour, I'm not saying he's done, but looked a bit slow at the back end of last year and made some errors and they've pushed him out of the side in the trials and he's given Paul a run in the centres at the moment. And Milne is a bit hit and miss. I know he can have some really good games, he can have some really bad games, but they might have to make a hard decision on bringing some more kids in who they've got who are really quality, but again, they come with those growing pains. That if you're not going to move forward and you're going to have hit and miss and poor yardage and poor decisions and you've got two or three really good kids like Josiah Carapani, Terrell Kalo-Kalo, if it's not working after four to six weeks, he's going to have to make another hard call and just say, you guys are first graders, but you're squad players. These guys might be my best option moving forward. We're obviously not winning a comp or we're maybe not going top four, but I'm wasting my time pushing ahead, reshuffling, you know, center wing combinations. Maybe he has to bite the bullet if things don't get better in four to six weeks on the edges defensively and in yardage and go, well, we've got two or three kids who have got huge wraps. Guess what, boys? You've played cup or you've played flag or done whatever you've done, but you might have to bite the bullet with a few of those guys if it doesn't get better. Yeah, I think so. Again, I'm not trying to go off early because it's round one, but the gag eye hole is bigger than what we think. The troll coming back definitely helps. Pushes Johnston back to a wing. Shores up sort of two spots there. I'm still not sold on Paul Lowe as a centre. I think Campbell Graham, again, No, me either. He's had, he's had a fair little while to develop. 
Mm. And Campbell Graham's flattened out a little bit from what I would have hoped after four years in first grade now, then 22 and physically good. Good yardage carry, solid when he gets the ball. Defensively, still hit and miss. Probably needs to help out in yardage a little bit more, but I think there may be two spots still open if they don't get better. If mm. Paulo in particular and Milne struggle, I would not be surprised. Like Mansour may get a sniff, but I do think they're going to look at Carapani and Calo Calo, some of their kids at some stage, and maybe go, that's maybe what we're going to have to do. Mm. So. Um, things hopefully get better for Seattle, but Brisbane, full credit. Um, Haas was outstanding. Kelly, Kelly frustrates the shit out of me because he, along with Wade Graham, was one of those guys from my age group that was just destined to play first grade. And the career he's had hasn't lived up to the talent that he's had. But realistically, the biggest enemy to Albert Kelly has been Albert Kelly. So even at this stage, to see him do what he did the other night and the instinct to show Cody Walker inside, just faking out and take that intercept and run that like. There's just little things like that that you, you flash back to and go, fuck. He's got a lot of backyard footy. What a career it could have been, though. If you, you know, So I'm hoping right now, and I've said it last week, you said it as well in the preview, to me, he's the halves partner. It's a no-brainer. Mm. Reynolds will do all that stuff you said, guide the team, kick, direct. Albert Kelly can just be left to his own devices to bring that creative spark that Brisbane need because they're not really going to get it from one Azarko's runner, and you're definitely not getting it from their nine situation right now. Yep. Billy Walters played well. Don't get me wrong. Perfect 14. Put him in there, bring some spark off the bench. He's played more nine than he has six, gives that option there. That's what I'd be doing this week. I haven't even looked at the team list yet, so I don't know if that's what's happened. But I'd be moving Billy Wilders to 14 and leaving Kelly with Adam Reynolds. Mm. Um, but yeah, Haas, Carrigan was big on return. Cobbo, some really good flashes, and just in general, good signs for Brisbane. So moving on, Newcastle against the Roosters. Um, again, a team where people were bringing up all these things. Well, you're going to expect it to be clunky. When yeah, Billy, got... Billy Walters, Kelly's in the halves, Billy Walters on the bench. Yeah, good decision. There you go. Good decision. Um, Roosters, guys off injury, guys that haven't had full pre-seasons, halves that haven't played yet. Like, there's going to be, again, some cobwebs and things things to work out. But I think more disappointing is they didn't even fire a shot or we didn't see a lot of positivity in terms of their attack on the weekend. And then two huge misfires in particular. The Tedesco let the ball bounce, pick it up, drop bar safe at the back, free try. Yeah. And then Jared Rhea Hargrave shows the worst pass you've ever seen, drop yeah. straight in front of Jake Clifford. Like there's twelve points right there they gave away. Yeah. Newcastle themselves were a bit clunky and had some opportunities and some misfires, but I tell you what, if that's your baseline in terms of yardage, effort, middle defence, kick pressure, like if you're Newcastle, that is a good base to work off considering what they didn't have there. They were outstanding um, the Knights. They were great. They were, really, they were really the good. big shock for me over the weekend. That result was, yeah, genuinely shocked me. Clune mm. and Clifford were pretty good. Clifford right? was excellent. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Clune. Clune is competent. He just gets his job done. That's right. Uh, but, yeah, Clifford, I think, has improved significantly since he's left the Cowboys and gone to Newcastle. Yeah. That's a credit to all the staff at Newcastle and head coach Adam O'Brien. And Gagai's leadership in that game and effort, outstanding. Yeah. Some of the defense, some of the yardage carries, like he got best of it fired up. I thought Dom Young got on the back of it. I think all those young guys really mm. jumped on the bandwagon of the fire and intent that Gagai brings to yardage and defense. Yeah. Um, and probably the highlight of the game, Jared Ray Hargraves runs it. Kurt, man, like I said, I'd be doing all day and he got fucking jacked. Kurt just tipped him, yeah. So I was like, that's probably the summary of us talking about that attitude and that defense. If that's what they're going to bring in that department all year, yeah. that's a really good baseline um, to build off with some, you know, not deficiencies, but lesser players probably playing your spine, less attack. And I, to be honest, I didn't even think Ponga had a really good day. So that probably speaks to, again, that he didn't have to be the key focal point. Like, they got some stuff off the back of their effort and their defense. They got rewarded. 
And then the try that they did grab from Dom Young was a nice finish. And they had a couple opportunities they should have iced, but will, again, come with a couple more weeks. A bit more fluidity between Randall being there and the new pair of halves and Ponga linking in with those guys and playing off that pack. But yeah, yeah, Barnett, uh, Frizzell looks really, really healthy and fresh. So good signs for Newcastle. Yeah, uh, but yeah. for the Roosters, same deal. People freaking out going, oh, they lost. They lost. It's like, well, German. too many quality players, of lots of guys off injury. Let's just, four to six weeks, I'm not saying anything until again. Well, that was their first trial, essentially. Yeah, a lot of guys didn't play any footing. We just, we fell into, we always do it. We fall into the trap of looking on paper and yeah. going, they're better than them, bang. Yeah. That's why they Round were like 20 or whatever they were. Exactly. But Newcastle were primed and they thoroughly deserve their victory. Yeah, they were excellent. Um, Warriors, Dragons, this was a weird game. I thought it was a good game in the first half, particularly very back and forth, but when push come to shove in the second half, the Warriors did exactly what you don't want to do. And yeah, just shot themselves in the foot, just didn't they? errors and poor kicks and errors and turnover again. They finished with a 68% completion rate, only, I think, 40% possession. They Nathan gave Brown, you... I think, summed it up well. He's like, we played the style of footy we wanted to play, yeah. but we didn't find the balance. Yeah. And... Our game awareness wasn't great. When, yeah. you know, you make a couple of errors in a row, you, you need to make sure that you Settle. you get yourself back on track. Yeah, yeah, and they just didn't do a good job of that. I really like the fact that he wants them to play that open source. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Of footy because you can't you can't get that out of can't, you can't no, do it but no. again you need to embrace it and harness it and I think that's what he's trying to do yeah it's, he's just trying to strike that balance up though but at the same time like you said they took the lead Johnson looked like he he had some good moments he had some bad moments but at that time that's when someone like Johnson needs to go hey let's fucking kick down here strangle get some opportunities and like let's just kind of sit on him a little bit and it was just error on upon error and yeah here's your opportunity here's your way back in and Ravalawa, Lomax combination in particular, is a very, very good one already. But Ravalawa was almost a bit of a throwback now after a couple of years and the confidence he's built up. It reminded me of Marika, that physicality. Not just finishing physicality, but he's just general physicality. He wants to hurt people when he runs. He wants to hurt people when he tackles. And if anyone's in the way of going to the try line, you'll be put on his fucking bumper bar. Yeah. He will stick you on the front of his truck and drag you into the corner. That man is a scary human being. Um some quality finishes, but I thought overall, again, not like any super standouts, but a good team effort. And again, they've got some veterans, they've got some kids. You see quality moments from guys like Sloan. I thought Hunt was solid. Amona was probably a little bit quieter on the night. Um, but overall, it's a steady effort from them. And yeah, it was. For the Warriors, you, again, you see good things. You see a lot of good things, but it's just can you find that balance? Can mm. you get those completions, say, up to high 70s to 80%, not mid-60s? Can you not ruin yourself in the last 20 with poor errors and penalties and just taking yourself out of the game. But at the same time, you hear the news after that Vallejo played the whole game injured and that Dallin broke his thumb a minute in and played 80 minutes with a fractured thumb. There was some, also some tough efforts there. I thought Curran was huge. A lot of clean-up work, a lot of dirty efforts, uh, some good stuff. So I still think there's some positives, but I think they've got a lot of changes this week. We'll look at the team list when we do the tips, but I think Johnson's out, Vallejo's out, Dallin's out, I think Ash Taylor... 
and a couple of new outside backs. Jesse Arthur's, Reese Walsh's back. They got a lot of changes for a second week. Um, and I think even Tavita Harris now, because that's They've been back. bashed by injury, haven't they? Uh, they've got a big, big, big amount of changes this week. So we'll wait to see their lineup. But yeah, a couple of guys uh, stood out in that one. But looking forward to seeing them both develop as the year goes on. Storm Tigers. We commentated this one on Acast. Yeah. Um, was it was a weird old game. Melbourne got hit with the injury stick early on after already coming in under man, and it looked like the Tigers were really in the driver's seat. But with all the possession and territory they had, they just couldn't bank points. Yeah, they went into half-time, 65% of the pill, but only landed by six. And Melbourne found a way with 15 players and two guys on debut. Like To lose cheese two minutes in, have Wishart play 78 minutes, to have a kid who played flag in two games of cup in... Alec McDonald, who was on a training trial, played 57 minutes of first grade and doing an outstanding job. Liero, like, it was all the sort of bit players, did a lot yeah, more. He hasn't even played a Queensland Cup game. Cup, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he got that mixed up, but he, he was close. <laughs> he played, I think, one or two, but yeah. he was really good. He was a lot better than what I was expecting. So. He was outstanding. The um, guys that they needed to step up, stepped up. Yeah. And then and the issue, like you said, you nailed it. The, the issue for the Tigers was that they didn't, Capitalise. They didn't bank enough points. No. And they, they also, you, you cannot be a finals team or a finals contender when you cannot defend your goal line. No, and that's what you were saying. Melbourne had less chances majority of the time early on, but any time they got inside they had like 20. four or five chances down there. They scored every time. Every time. Mm. The only time they didn't score was, was when Olan dropped it. And he should have just grabbed it. Dear but, me. Yeah, they've definitely got some work to do inside 20 still, but... Sad part was, like we said, first half we're talking how good's their back three, how good's the yardage, they're getting to the edges, they're shifting the ball, they're punching the halves and getting a roll on and getting, you know, good good sets, good set distance, good kicking positions, good attacking yeah. kicks, pinning Melbourne, like really doing a good job on them. Yeah. But just couldn't bank. And then again, that point, second half though, we didn't talk about the back rolls. We didn't talk about the back three. We didn't talk about those attacking kicks. They weren't getting 50, 45 metres a set and putting attacking kicks in and pinning Melbourne. It slowly just unraveled. Yeah. So it's that same point again. You've got this team in the worst possible position, 15 on the field. You're never going to get them at a better time. You couldn't sustain what you want to do for 80. The overall game plan, the overall attack, the overall base of what they wanted to do looks a lot better than 2021 Tigers, but you still couldn't do it for 80 minutes. And against Melbourne, yeah, 10 points, but those guys missing, you put those guys back in, they get blown off the park. Yeah, against the bottom end side, would that work for 60, 65 minutes, maybe get you in? Maybe. But they've got to get close to 80 minutes with what they put out on the field on the weekend. And interesting to see them this week against Newcastle, who were another team that was talked about for the yeah. spoon. Yeah, I, um, like I, I've got to be honest, I, I really liked the way that the West Tigers played in the first half. I, I thought did too. They, they moved the ball, they utilised their back rowers, the power. They jumped on the back of it. Mm. It take, took a lot of pressure off their halves because you just give it to one of those back rowers. You let them find a quick play of the ball for you. Play if you're it. short down the short side, go and play there. Yeah. If not, you link back up and you get them on the long edge. And it just it takes that organisational pressure away from Brooks. And you saw him do it. Uh, I think it plays into the hands of Hastings because he's such a good ball runner. And he likes to. It means that there. Dane Laurie can just follow those guys around the field and hopefully pick up an offload or a short pass. Yeah. I, I really, really like the style of play that they tried to implement. But... Mm. It, it's just going to be during those periods where they have to be resilient, can they do it? Yeah. And on the weekend, they failed that test, and that's why they didn't win the game. And those two focal points have to remain, like we said, back three, great set starts, Mamalo, Nofaluma, Laurie, yeah. and hitting those edges. Their back, their back three were good as well. Yeah. The back rows and the back three in particular were the focal point of the first half. That's yeah. a good strength. Get those long shifts, isolate halves, 
bang into a half, get a quick play of the ball, and like you said, make your decision. Play on the back. Short, yeah. long, tip, tip, get back to another edge, bang another back row into a half, short, yeah, long. The strength is there, and especially once Peachy comes onto the field. Yeah. He's got a pass, and I think I said this in the previous season preview, like, I'd like to see them pass the ball more. And they, God, they came out and played a really nice brand of footy in the first half. But it was, you know, based on the, the amount of possession that they had an opportunity they had. So, mm. yeah, I, I think there's some really good things to take out of that for the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne counting the toll of Welch. Don't know whether he'll be able to come back with the bare minimum. He could by finals. You think he probably will by finals, yeah. But depends Knowing on... the work ethic of the bloke. Yeah, just depends on severity. Yeah. You know, there's... Things that are out of his control, but that one we won't know about. Brandon Smith, we know, will be back, um, and George Jennings obviously done. So, so again, George Jennings no chance to play finals. I'm pretty, if it's an ACL, he's cooked. Yeah, ACL is okay. going to be a minimum nine months. So, <laughs> the option for them now, I'll be, I'll wonder what they'll do. I think Eremiah was close to the squad last week, so I'd assume he'd get first crack. But Meany's an option now that they've got Munster back to push him out of six, put him in the wing. Uh, and they've also got the guy from the sevens, Will Warbrick. So someone's going to have to step in and fill that role. He had a pretty good combination with Remus but it's going to be someone else's to take full advantage of now Cheese yes Uncle Remus the catfish <laughs> yeah, they're huge uh, you've got Harry back in for Cheese which is really really handy but you lose a middle in Brandon now you've lost Finucane and then, and then you've lost Welch on top of it so sort of those guys that were filling in some of those gaps you were like mm, this is why they're looking at Utaric Sims or yeah. looking at who they can upgrade or if there's someone else in their squad potentially that can come and do a job for them but they need another middle so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks if it's internally, someone on a fringe somewhere, or if they can sort something out with the Dragons, but I don't think the Dragons will be doing Melbourne any favours. So. No, and they don't have to. No. Hughes was great as well. I think uh, that, that one's getting more and more to the forefront of my mind. He's still got another year to run, but when they're talking about Harry Hughes, like getting people locked in because the Dolphins are trying to basically export the whole Storm side, I'd be trying to sit down as soon as possible with Harry and Hughes now that you know that Cheese is leaving and you've got Pat locked in. Yeah. And Munster basically looks not assured, but everything he's been saying since this rehab stint is basically that he, he doesn't want to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you figure it out, but you got to go the big three model again, in my opinion. You've got to find a way to get in a room. I don't care if it's 900 ahead. And going, boys, no one's bigger than anyone else, or this is our third party chop up, or this is what we've got. We want to find a way to have all of you for next three to four years a, B, C, bang, bang, bang. This is our fucking, this is our core. This is our spine. This is our way forward post Bellamy. This is our way forward to recruit around just like we used to do. This is the foundation of what we have here to put the pieces in to make us a top eight side permanently again moving forward for the next decade. Yeah. Um, I don't think you need to, people say about money, but again, like Harry Grant, they go, oh, he's from Queensland. He's got to go there. It's this team, this much money. They might offer him million plus dollars. But then Harry Grant's got to sum up, are we going to be competitive for the first two or three years? Is that the best thing for my football career? Mm. Like, not, not everything can be about money. He's going to get paid a lot of money by Melbourne too, or yeah. another club. But the automatic, oh, he's sure he's going to go to the Dolphins, I'm making a marquee, 1.1, 1 minute, whatever it is, and he gets to go home. That's all well and good, but still, they need to recruit 30 players. They've got five or six at the moment. He needs to take into account what his career looks like for the next few years if that's the decision he makes. Yeah, agree. And or Jerome, Jerome Hughes is further along down the track. That might be a different story for him. But I think for those guys, I'd like to think along with Munster, there's a way for them to sort of let them know that that's the way forward. But it's going to be interesting how it plays out because there's a lot of talk about a lot of those guys and yeah. money getting thrown around. But off the back of that, the game that we attended, the Eels and the Titans, and 
first half felt like an old NYC game. Yeah. It was a points cool. fest. Tries everywhere, that, and that's the thing we probably laughed about when there. There was certainly no lack of attack, but both of them uh, definitely need to do some work on their defense, and particularly their edges. Yeah. Anytime your mob, the Titans, got a crack at that right edge of the Eels, your left-hand side attack, they seem to just pull them apart at will. And, uh, obviously, there was a few things that happened early on that weren't ideal. The ball off the posts and some moments that were unfortunate for the Gold Coast Titans, but overall, very entertaining first half. I thought the Titans more than held their own in the middle, like Moiaki. Um, Tino was outstanding. Him and Paulo ripping into each other. Jesus Christ. It was like a couple of dinosaurs off Jurassic Park trying to slam into each other at some point there. But Yeah, it was physical. It was fast. The ball movement was great. There was a lot of points. Mm. Really, really enjoyed it. Then it sort of went into a second half. was a bit strange. But yeah, a bit of a lull with a 15 a goal period. Thon at the end. And yeah, I wasn't overly impressed with the way that the game ended. But nah. the Gold Coast certainly had their chances. Parramatta... I don't know whether to, what to take out of this game, whether the Gold Coast were very good or whether Parramatta were a little bit off. Mm. I mean, moving forward into trying to analyse the form of both teams, it'll be interesting to see how they both bounce out and play this weekend. Didn't like the move of Brown to centre and Arthur. I hated it. I thought... Yeah, I didn't like it at all. We had para fans around us going, oh, it doesn't, he doesn't look like he's threatening when he's running. I'm like, it's because he's too slow. Well, he's and not, yeah. You've put a guy out in the centre just to... Get, I, I get you've got a half on the bench, but there was other moves that could have been made, surely, to refigure that, to be able Agreed, to get him, yeah. you know, in a position to go, right, you're still playing in the halves. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that one sort of got me a little bit. But, you know, that's the way they chose to play things. Um, in terms of their forward pack, like Campbell Gillard, I thought was huge as well. Paul oh, was real. good. Yeah. Um, you know, overall, Madison was good. Yeah, he, he looks like he's out now as well. Like I said, hamstring so he's looking at a couple of weeks Russell at the time we didn't know and a lot of people have had conjecture around that I didn't think there was intent from Jaden Campbell I thought Jaden Campbell got low and came across and tried to make a genuine effort some people compared it to Dylan Brown's hit on Hutchison the year before Hutchison the year before when Dylan Brown went in was a lazy sort of slide with no arms or no body Yeah, I thought Campbell legitimately got low but unfortunately when you get in that sort of position you get low um, the second part that comes in after the body check or the arms is the knees yeah but I didn't think he intentionally was full-blooded all knees. Uh, the result, horrible in the end for Sean, who got a first-half hat-trick. Huge result. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Some people were like, he didn't get fined, he didn't get suspended. What sort of message are you sending? I'm like, well, again, like... It was an accident. It, I, he was yeah, competing. He was, he was, he was fully he was entitled fairly, to compete. Yeah. But uh, he, he, he had engaged intent. He didn't oh, lead he with his knees. Like, yeah, his intent lead. was to tackle and try and so I'm fine stop the try. The knees were... Uh, Result of the it, contact. We've talked about this before. You can't punish on the result. Yeah. So you look at that and go, That's that right. was the intent. I didn't think That's that right. was the intent. So now what? We're going to punish him because the aftermath is. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's ridiculous. He, he it's, might it's miss. Anyone, anyone who hasn't. Who doesn't really know the game could look at that and go, Well, okay, well, he hurt him with his knees. It's like, Well, do you want him? Do you want? What do you want? What do you want him to do there? Not compete. Do you want him just to let him score in the corner? Yeah. Because that that's that's rugby league. He got that's low. the game. He tried his best. He didn't lead with his knees. There, there was some morons comparing it to um, the tackle on Drew Hutchison last year. That's the same. It wasn't even close. Fucking... Brown slid in knees only arms up like right. silly late effort, and he popped. It was him. ridiculous. But yeah, I think the intents were completely different. And I didn't even think he had intent last year. It was just a lazy. Slide in late, like arms up, just a shit effort, which yeah. shouldn't have been there. But look what it caused. This one was a full-blooded effort to try and stop a try. Both guys got low, but unfortunately, the aftermath of when he come in is his legs come second. Correct. So, um, 
bad for Russell, but yeah, again, we can't punish after the fact and just go, oh, well, now that he's got this, this, and this, well, that's terrible. So you deserve yay amount of time because this happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you can't, can't punish can't do it. on results. Can't do it. With, like, again, limited intent, but. Yeah, I was impressed with Sexton. I think Campbell, again, an attack yeah, really, so really good. Um, but, yeah, similar deal. They're, they've got some stuff to work out defensively. Maybe the way they use their bench, the balance between their middles and their minutes and just how they combo that. And I didn't think Clark was bad. I didn't think he was great. Like, the try he scored was a bully try, and he did a solid enough job. But I still don't look at him and go, you're going to play 80 minutes every week. Um, Smith had to obviously go in and play in the halves. Like, how, how they find a bit of balance there. But there's got to be somebody else there. Clark, that, that's not sustainable for a whole season. He looked thick. Thick. Um, but yeah, we move on from that one. The last game of the round was the Cowboys up against the Bulldogs, the HIA Cup, with the Bulldogs clearing <laughs> their bench. Um, bit of a, a rough night for them in terms of head knocks. I think Patolo, Brett Naden, Braden Burns, Marshall King Lake, which today I think has now been investigated by the NRL. The Cowboys, I don't think they're happy, and I think they're looking into that one as well, the NRL, that they're, they're not 100% sold that that was. Legitimate, I don't know the full kettle of fish, but I think they're looking into it now because it slowed things down a little bit at a key time of the game. But a bit like you said early on, it wasn't the prettiest game in the world, but I thought there was plenty of effort, plenty of energy, and it was ugly, but it was two teams that were desperate for a result, that's for sure. Yeah, they were. Um, got excited when the hammer crossed over at the end, but just a step too early. And it's a cruel yeah, game, I, rugby league. Uh, to me, that one was just clear cut. I was surprised it took them so long to come up with the answer and come up with a result the video referee, but I guess they just wanted to get it right. But, mm, I, I thought it was it was very much clear-cut. Mm. Well, Luke Thompson, I thought was good. Uh, there was some good effort from their, their forward pack and your Jacksons and these sort of guys, and you could see how much it meant to them uh, at the back end of the game, but much like one another, they've both got plenty to work on. Plenty to work on, particularly spine movements and back lines and how they link up. Like Burton put up some good kicks, but again, efficiencies between him, Avarillo, Marshall King, Dufty, balance they fight there. And then you look at the other side of things, did and had one awesome moment where they scored that ripper try, but that was, you know, one of the limited highlights they sort of had an attack. Yeah. I think the upside for them, which hopefully turns into an upside, is you look at some of that youth again and individual performances. And I thought like Nenai was really, really good and a lot more talk about him this week that he's apparently told them now he's going to wait three or four weeks before making a decision, but it's talk that he's been offered now up to half a million dollars a season. He's only 18 years old. Yeah, well. Um, but the Tigers are keen, Newcastle are keen. There's a lot of clubs in for him, so Newcastle would be sweating. Oh, sorry, Newcastle. Cowboys would be sweating on that one. They locked in Lukey. They've got a lot of those guys locked in, but they've been talking to Jeremiah for yeah. a couple of months now. And that's part of a rebuild, isn't it? Mm. Sort of going... Have to get... Not having to go to a full-blooded rebuild. You need to be able to keep those good, young, up-and-coming players. Yeah. That's why they're... The, and we said this last week that, and in the preview that the legs have sort of been cut out of the Cowboys because they've had all those guys that were ready to jump into first grade yeah. and be elite. Let they lost go. them. So now you're trying to backfill. Yeah. So if they would have maybe slotted a few of those Even in if you kept two of them. Let go of a couple of those older guys earlier and then had this sort of come through, that probably transition... Plus would the Michael Morgan shorter. situation you didn't plan for. Maybe yeah. it would have been a bit smoother, but they've unfortunately had a few things go against them as they well have. as a couple of bad they signings have. on their own part. There's just some important things and signings that they need to yeah. lock down. Uh, Cotter, I think, potentially injured. I don't know the full extent of that. I'll have to wait and see what the lineup is there. And again, I'll wait and see moving forward how the spine works out. Like Robson's obviously in iron, but do they persist with having two sort of organisers? Like I think Dearden can run and defend well and do that, but like, 
for all the deficiencies I, I talked about with drink water, can you keep me out of there if you're lacking points? I I got no idea how they how they don't name you. So that and they signed him before him. that, which is another yeah. one that we go again. I'm confused. Like you signed yeah. him, there you go. Then That's you brought Dearden, and then week. you signed Townsend. So I'm like, okay, I don't understand it. You extended one for two or three years. Who what said he wants to be a fullback? Yeah, not a fullback, a half. You think he's a fullback? Now you got Hammer at fullback. Now he's not in your halves, but you don't want to let him go. But now you got Dearden. Now you got Townsend. Yeah. So need to be a little bit more clear cut on what your plan is. Definitely. Um, if Cotter's out, do they use him as the fourteen now? I don't know, but. Like, how do you inject him after that? Like, do you put him as a floating 13? I, I still sort of struggle to figure out how that one works. But mm. huge for the Bulldogs. There was a lot of talk after the trials, which, again, is never good. Trials are trials. But there was certainly a lot swirling around that place before a ball was even kicked. So don't care how you get them. Ugly as they are, a yeah, W is a that's W. Right. So They've had plenty of losses over the last three or four years. So Yeah, definitely a, mm. a good result. And that wraps up the reviews of the games from the weekend's Big thanks to Penrith Solar Centre. Tackle your rising power bills head on this season with the help of Solar Energy. The team at PSC are passionate about helping you sin bin rising electricity bills for good. Find out how they can make you and your family the real winners this season. Visit www.penrithsolar.com.au for more or call 1800-2930 as we now jump into our tips and previews for round two this week. Brock, thanks to bluebet.com.au. And uh, that great promo that we saw from last week continues. And that's for the first four rounds of the season. If you have a head-to-head bet with Bluebet, and if your team leads by four points at halftime or more, they will pay you out straight out on your bet. Lead by four at halftime, you win. Good beans. I think uh, I had one or two on the weekend, but tips overall was rough for everybody. We got four apiece, so I don't think that's too bad considering. Yeah, well, in my other tipping comp, I only got two, so I yeah. changed a couple late. I forgot to put tips in one of my other ones and got three. And the game I forgot was the first game, so I got the away I'm team. happy with four. I'm happy too. I know some people who got one. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so not a bad result. But uh, this round, thanks to bluebet.com.au, let's have a look, shall we? And see what we've got. The first game, the Storm up against the Bunnies. Absolute corker. Craig Bellamy's 500th game. And the return of some big names for the Melbourne Storm. Cameron Munster returns in jersey number six. The new winger replacing George Jenny is Dean Eremeyer. Jesse Bromwich returns to the front row. Harry Grant returns at nine. The back row is intact. Josh King starts again at lock. And the two debutants from last week, Tyron Wishett, Alec McDonald are on the bench again, along with Trent Liero and Tepai Moroa. For South Sydney, huge inclusion in Latrell Mitchell coming back at fullback allows Johnston to go back to the wing. Paulo gets another crack in the centres with Campbell Graham and Milne. The forward pack is exactly the same. And the bench host Harvili, Burgess and Cheekham. Uh, I only need to say one thing. It's a milestone game. And Melbourne have not played at Amy Park bar once or twice, I think, in the past two years. Mm. So I know they lost some players last week, but... Munster's first game back after everything that's gone on. Harry Grant back in the team. Bellamy's 500th game. Yeah, Melbourne. All storm for me. Yeah. Um, and I, again, look, hoping for a big game, hoping to uh, see a bit of fire. But yeah, these sort of occasions and that return to home, much like Penrith last week, I think it's going to be very emotional after all that time away. And bluebet.com.au agree with us. The Melbourne Storm are a $1.40 favourite. South Sydney, $2.90. Outsiders, minus 7.5 is the line. 1 to 12, Storm $3, $4 for the Bunnies, 13 plus, Storm two forty eight, eight ten for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The second game, I think this actually be a pretty good game of football. Dragons up against the Panthers. Uh, 
a couple of changes, obviously, for the Panthers, unfortunately for them. Moses Leota, long-term injury, looking about six to eight weeks with that shoulder injury. So Spencer Lenu goes from a bench roll to starting with Fisher-Harris. Other than that, forward pack unchanged. The bench now, though, includes Matt Eisenhuth, who comes in. Semin retains the spot that he had, and there's a couple of new guys in their extended bench. And for the Dragons, the only change from last week, Frank Molo comes in to start in the front row uh, with Aaron Woods now being out with a hamstring injury. And the extra on the bench for them now is George Burgess. A lot of talk that Tarek Sims will return. They've still left him out in the reserves. George Burgess, after one week, returns and gets a crack there in the forward pack for the Dragons. What do you think about this one, Boxer? Yeah, I'm just going with the Panthers. I'll just tip them until... Yeah, the wheels fall off. Not to. I can't see the wheels falling off. Yeah, I don't mean that. I mean, like, ride to the wheels fall yeah, off. Basically. Yeah, It's one of those ones that you look at and go until they show you anything otherwise. Basically. Um, I think, like I said, the Dragons are solid, but even... With Spencer going in, I know there's probably less minutes in Spencer as what you get from Moses, but again, with the way that back rows worked out, they probably just won't be able to rotate kick out as much or as often. You're probably going to have to put a little bit more time into rolling Sorensen and Eisenhuth into that one spot and get Fish to play long minutes like he does when he's healthy. Yeah. So you'll be put more focus in probably three players rotating to that one middle spot rather than one. Um, but yeah, I think most people would agree. With the Penny Panthers and Blue Bet certainly does. They're a dollar twenty-eight favorite, three sixty-five for the Dragons, minus ten and a half the line. One to twelve Panthers, three dollars, five dollars for the Dragons. Thirteen plus Panthers, two ten, nine seventy-five for the Dragons. Bit of a cracker, second up considering the results. The SCG to start things uh, to finish off on Friday. Sorry, the Roosters versus Manly. Uh, always a good game, but oh, early yeah, on, yeah. off the back of two poor results, so. For the Roosters, it looks unchanged from what I see last week, 1-13. to 13. Hopefully work out some of the cobwebs there. And the bench looks the same again as well. Hutchison, Baker, Nat Butcher, and Tokiaho. For the Manly side, the only change from what I can see here is Dylan Walker has returned on the bench, which pushes the debutante from last week. Tolotau cooler out of the side. Um, the Spurth certainly got some things to work through, but uh, I don't think the Roosters can pay anywhere near that bad again. Um... So I'm going to go there. I'm not with yeah. a whole lot of confidence. Me too. But this one, I think... I just think their middle, Manly's middle, spells trouble. Yeah. And Victor Radley and Billy Smith, like we said, were ruled out with those head knocks, but have both been named. So assuming, like they said, they don't have any issues there. Last week, they obviously rotated Fletcher Baker and had Jared come off the bench to see what happens there. I thought Fletcher did a pretty good job. Yeah, he did. Um, but yeah, it'll be... Interesting to see how these two bounce back after disappointing results last week. And Blue Bet agrees with us again. Slight favourites, the Sydney Roosters, $1.77. Manly, $2.05, minus one and a half the line. One to 12 Roosters, $3.05, $3.20 Manly. 13 plus Roosters, $3.80, $4.80 Manly. Uh, and Saturday kicks off with the Titans versus the Warriors. This is a bit of a bogey side usually for you guys, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it Warriors. is, definitely. Um, and a swag of changes on their side of things. But first, we'll look at your team. Good time to get them, I think. Marju was a late inclusion, uh, but he's now actually named in the five this week. Alexander Brimson is named again in the six. Let's see if he gets to the field this week. The forward pack, the starting side, unchanged. Will Smith back to the bench being the case. And Lasone, Yoliff, and Proctor the same. But on the flip side, Reese Walsh returns at fullback. Chanel TV to Harris now pushes to six, pushing 
Nikarima out of the side. Ash Taylor comes in at seven very early. Uh, we wonder when we would see him. It's but Chanel Harris Devita, mate. Oh, sorry, mate. Chanel Harris Devita. There's Devita a few Harris. people that have been complaining. I just read it too fast. That's There's a few day. people that have been complaining, mate, about your pronunciations of Harris well, Devita. Well, look, mate. mate. I'm buzz. I forget some stuff. I read it's things 10 fast. It's 10:30 at night. They should just fucking be grateful mate. that we're reporting, recording the pod. Don't you they? know I've been hitting the head a lot. I'm gonna fuck some things some up. Some people on Twitter are just going ballistic. If that's the one thing you take out of everything, like fuck, come on, come, come on, on Cletus. Uh, more changes. Dallin's obviously out with that fractured thumb, so Adam Pompey comes back on the wing. Jesse Arthur's on loan. Gets a debut with Vallejo out as well, injured, so multiple change, Three changes at the back line. Jesse Arthur's against his old club. A completely new halves pairing with Harris DeVita. Oh, Taylor. Taylor. Matt Lodge returns. You threw plenty of games for the Gold Coast. Throw one for Oof. the Warriors. So Lodge and Adam Fanua Blake, a hell of a front row in the back row is about the only thing that's left intact with Aitken, Katoa and Curran in the bench. Tavunga. Afoa, Penne, and Bailey Sirenen. Who do you like here, Boxhead? Do you think too much change for the Warriors? Yeah, the I, like, I like the Titans. I just think it's a no-brainer, man. If they if they can play like they did last week, they should be winning. I like the Titans as well. Um, but I still like this forward pack. If Lodge can spare the brain explosions, along with Adam Fanua Blake, with that back row, which I liked last week, and Karen, and then off the bench, you bring in on back fence Bunty and Penna and a couple other blokes, but too many changes in the outside backs. Mm. I think, again, when you change a lot of things there, you change defensive setups, you change combinations. So from one week to now, again, new winger, uh, Arthur's in. Chanel, uh, Harris Tavita in, a couple of changes there. Harris Tavita for team. Ash Taylor, someone I'd certainly be running at, traffic at. Yep, definitely. So, uh, interested to see how this one plays out. But, yeah, I'll, I'll go to the Warriors, but... Go to the Warriors. No, sorry. I'll go to the Titans, sorry. Jeez. But I'm with you. I certainly remember a couple of times we've sat in and watched the Titans-Warriors games and they've got licked by the well, Warriors. Well, we smashed them in the last round last year. So, you, to get into the finals, All remember? I'm saying is it's usually a, a tight contest. That's when Lodgy had a little brain explosion. Well, he had a brain explosion, all right? Yeah. And that's why I just brought it up. If so he can we, spare himself a brain explosion, him and Fanua Blake's a really good front row. We beat him up like an ugly stepchild last Ooh. year. Oh, Getting into that. Mm. But with Bluebet.com, heavy favourites. $1.38 of the Gold Coast Titans. The Warriors, $3. Minus 8.5 the line. 1-12 to 12 Titans, $3.25. 4.25 the Warriors. 13 plus the Titans, $2.25. $8 the Warriors. Another corker for week two. Sharks versus the Eels. So Eels obviously got some stuff to work on defensively. But this, it's a return to the Priz. Points bet stadium. Yeah, They're good. going back. The Bermuda Triangle. It literally looks like a prison at the, the moment. The scaff <laughs> But on their side of things, uh, Moylan and Hines are the halves. Again, the back line is the same. Mulitalo stays in the centres. Ikevalu on that wing. The front row um, and the forward pack stays the same. Wilton still in the back row. No McInnes, so Fanukin at lock. And he's still got the heavy set benches, I like to call it. Tolman, Talakai, Hunt, and Fafita. But this week, he's got McInnes 19 and Tracy 20. So I'm surprised about that. I, the, the talk that I heard was that McInnes wasn't going to be available for four to six weeks. So there you go, wow. He's named in a jersey. If he's close, expect to see him. And Connor Tracy in 20 wasn't named at all last week. So he clearly had an injury. I think you told me someone on Twitter said that it was an update. Yeah, it was a so groin. NRL due, uh, injury ward and everything else I usually check has all the injuries. Didn't have anything for yeah. him. So uh, must have been a bit of a late one. But I dare say one of those guys is healthy or both of them are healthy, I'd probably carry one and I'd have the other definitely in my side as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like what they did last week with Wilton and those kind of guys all did their job, but 
if McInnes and Tracy are there, I wouldn't be running with that full heavy set bench. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, Parramatta, a couple of force changes for them as well. Tom Opachak comes back into the side. Runger Blake now pushes out to the wing with Sean Russell missing, along with Sevo and a couple of other guys. Dunst that aren't available, so a bit of a reshuffle in their back line. Brown goes back to the six, if that is the case. Sean Lane starts in the back row again with Isaiah Papali'i. And Oregon Kafusi now is at lock with Madison out. A different-looking bench. Nathan Brown is brought back into the side along with Bryce Cartwright. And Makahisi Makatoa remains along with Ray Stone. So this one's a hard one for me. I, mm. I wasn't completely sold on the Sharks last week. And I think, again, Trindle, McInnes, a couple of those guys you'd like to see. But these home games after such a long time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going para. I... Again, I'm just going with who I think is a better team. At this Sharks point, be better. I'm with you. I still think the Sharks. As the season goes on, I've got some things to work out, but yeah. I think early on I'd expect some fire. Back to the Priz, first yeah. time in a couple of years. Uh, fresh team, still a couple of faces missing, but I expect them to have a red hot crack in front of their home fans. And as I said before, when we're reviewing that game, I'm I'm just not sure on the form line of Titans para. Nah, neither am make I. Of it. Neither am I, my friend, but. Slight favourites with bluebet.com.au are the Parramatta Eels, $1.65, 225 for the Sharks, minus 2.5 the line. 1 to 12 Eels, 290, 350 for the Sharks, 13 plus Eels, 345, 520 for the Sharks. Uh, and the Raiders head up to Townsville to finish off Saturday night. As far as their team, their one, one reshuffle is Valame into the centres from the wing and Schiller out to the wing. Frawley replaces Brad Schneider, who's out with COVID one week after playing. So another disruption there in their spine. Tommy Starling starts at nine now with Hodgson possibly only going to be out short term. Uh, Ford Pack is intact. And on the bench, Horsberg, Elliott, Gula, and another debutante, the teammate who was signed at the same time as Brad Schneider from Kerwin State High. And he was the Peter Sterling medalist from that schoolboy tournament that year. Adrian Trevelyan, the hooker. Yeah, he went good in uh, trials. Good trial form gets in. spot. So, interested to see him get uh, his debut. And in terms of their bench, Xavier Savage, who scored a double last week, still left out. Ryan Sutton, whose missus had a red-hot crack at Ricky after getting punted after he signed with the Bulldogs. He's still in the reserves. <laughs> and uh, Trey Mooney is in there. I expect to see him sometimes this year. But there's a lot of angry angry wives in Canberra. There is. I live there. I know there's not a lot to do, I could admit It's cold that. and fucking boring. But I tell you what, I think some of them need to get their partners off Instagram. Mm. There's, uh, there's a lot of anger getting thrown around. But on the Cowboys side of things... Cotter's outside the 18 now, so I'm not sure quite what's going on there um, in terms of that injury or how he's going. But a few small changes. Tommy Gilbert starts in the back row. Lukey goes back to the bench. Griffin Neem, the middle, comes in to the 17. Uh, the back line is unchanged and otherwise pretty much the same line up there. Some challenges for the Raiders, but obviously more confidence in them than the Cowboys. Yeah. So it's a hard place to go play. It's hot. It's sweaty, but nighttime football. Should be a bit cooler. Give um, me every cent of the dollar fifty, whatever it is there. Yep, yeah, and that's what the odds are with bluebet.com.au. $1.56 for the Canberra Raiders, two forty oh, for the Cowboys, minus three and a half the line. One to twelve Raiders, two ninety three sixty Cowboys, thirteen plus three ten for the Raiders, six dollars for the Cowboys. And the two Sunday games to wrap us up, two absolute blockbusters. It's the Newcastle Knights up against the West Tigers, home at McDonald Jones Stadium. Uh, in terms of their side this weekend, minimal changes. The forward pack is exactly the same. The bench, again, I'm pretty sure, uh, unchanged, and that is the case. Daniel Safidi, though, is among the reserves with that leg injury, so if he's ready to go, expect to see him in the team. 
For the Tigers, Tarmau returns from suspension. Alex Twol goes back to the bench. Luke Garner goes to the reserves. And Simpkin is obviously named despite that shoulder injury. And if he's not good to go, uh, the questions are what do they do? Because Little is now in the 24 after being said to be out for four to six weeks. I don't know whether that's just a bit of a show and go. Uh, but they'd have to probably play Peachy or they'd have to play Jock Madden and push one of those guys into nine, whether it be a Hastings or Brooks or Madden himself, because they don't really have anyone else there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Rue is part of their top 30 yet or not. He's not named in the no, 24. He, well, he played against us on the weekend and probably didn't do enough to so, demand to be picked in first grade, to be fair. Uh, I'm going to go the Knights at home off what I saw last week, particularly defensively. Still don't have a lot of confidence in their attack, but mind you, I think they're facing less stiffer competition in terms of attack this week. Yeah, I'm going to go the Tigers. I'm going to go with the upset here. Well, they've got them there the last few years. We said that last week, I think. Or I spoke to you on the weekend about it. Mm-hmm. Last few years, the Knights have had a good start. This game, I think, round three the year before, and then round four last year, got them both times. Yeah, I'm not taking uh, just more the style of footy. I, I like what what they did last week. They seem to be real, really stung after that loss. Melbourne's pretty good form, but so is the Roosters. So this is another one. I, I'm mm, just thinking game. about it today. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure. I'm more just going with the home crowd again. Like crowds this year, I know. Yeah, I could be way off. The West Tigers will come out and get lapped. I think it's nice to go home after all this mm. time and have your your crowd there and your fans. So this is this is my upset for the week. Going to go the Knights and you're on the T Tigers, but with Bluebet.com, heavy favourites of the Knights, a dollar thirty six, three fifteen for the Tigers, minus seven and a half the line, one to twelve, two ninety the Knights, one to twelve Tigers is four twenty five, thirteen plus Newcastle two forty and eight seventy for the Tigers and the last game of the round. The Bulldogs up against the Broncos, both round one winners. Uh, in terms of the Bulldogs, I think all those guys that had head knocks have been named, but Tavita Pungai Jr., who pulled out late last week, has been named again also, which pushes Chris Patolo out of the 17 for the only change. On the other side, Tessie New returns at fullback, so there's a couple of small changes on that side uh, for the Broncos. The Tyron Roberts... Pushes out with Adam Reynolds returning to make his debut on the halves with Albert Kelly, which means that Billy Walters goes back to the reserves and also Kobe Hetherington, who was out last week with COVID, returns on the bench. So a few small changes there. Um, but yeah, some good ones. I think from what we saw last week, you'd have to go the Broncos. Yeah, they both struggle to score points. I, I got no idea. This is another one. I, I don't know what to make of the form line out of both those games. So I'll go the Broncos. But well, I think they won last week, and then this week they get back in Reynolds, who I think is a big in. They get back Hetherington, who I thought was outstanding last year playing yeah. that thirteen role, and I think Walters is a better fourteen than what they were working with. So all around, I think there's a couple of ticks there. The move. I hope to bring... we get a dry truck. I think they'll they'll both play a little bit of footy. The only one that sort of surprises me is Zarko straight out for new. If 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 New's 100% ready to go off his injury, yep. good. But if you're pushing him in early and there's any doubt, I'd play Azaka yep. and just make sure that he's good to go. But they've definitely got some competition for their outside back spots, um, which is a good thing. So interesting to see how this one plays out. But Burton up against Reynolds, good halves battle. And the Ford pack with Pungai Jr. back in, let's see if he can keep his head screwed on and contribute to his team this week. But mm. uh, Both on the Broncos and their slight favourites at bluebet.com.au, $1.71. 213 for the dogs, minus one and a half is the line. Margin one to twelve is three dollars for the Broncos, three thirty-five for the dogs, and thirteen plus three forty-five for the Broncos, five thirty for the dogs. And all those tips and that preview brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're gonna have a bet, do it with the true blue bookie today. 
visit the website, download the app. There's no one better than bluebet.com.au and our charity account, mate. Off to a win. I've got to win, mate. So you had Parramatta and the over, and the over was basically done in the first half. There was yeah. a thousand points scored. So week one, I think it's ninety dollars, wasn't it? In the kitty ninety bucks. So good start. Keep track of it, and uh, you stay on for the bet this week. So we'll see what you come up with, and see if we can uh, roll into it. Yeah, we'll have to sort a charity in the next few weeks as well. Someone worthy of uh, that hard earned at the end of the year to help out. But a great result, and again, a big thank you to Bluebet for supporting the charity account. So, like we said, there's plenty of bookies you can give your money to, but why not give it to one that's actually trying to give back? That's right. Bluebet.com.au, and that wraps us up for another week, Boxhead. So it does. For everybody out there, obviously uh, things will get a little bit more in-depth, but all I'd say is cool your jets a little bit. I've seen a lot of people throwing around some predictions about some of the top four teams or some big-name teams after one week. Maybe give it four to six weeks and actually let some footy unfold first before you absolutely blow your stack. Because <laughs> there's some pretty crazy yeah. shit I've seen out there. Twitter in particular. Twitter's the absolute fucking worst. Yeah. There's some serious meltdowns on Twitter. I was just like, wow. Send us a private message about if you're going to post something stupid on Twitter and we'll vet it for you. It was one, it's one round. Just just don't, don't do it, mate. Send us all your stupid shit in an inbox, okay? It's all good. Before you publicly shame yourselves. And the discussion page too is pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Everyone, everyone keeps things pretty clean and above board. The gloves are up most of the time and it's all it's all, all good stuff. So yeah. keep that going in the discussion group. I like that. And we'll uh, be hosting another game this week with ACAR. Oh, sorry, not ACAST. ACAST is our bloody podcast thing. Hijack. So I think there was a bit of an internet or a connection issue that we'll hopefully have sorted out this week because basically everyone for the second half Started sending us uh, some screenshots and some photos. We'll, we'll yeah, nut those issues took out. Took their foil hats off so they couldn't hear. Oh, yes. We'll uh, be back on board. So, again, if you haven't downloaded that app, look up the lads. Jump on to the Apple Play Store, the Google Store. Hijack TV, H-Y-J-A-C-K. Get the app. Listen to us this week. We'll put something up about which game we'll be commentating. Yeah, we've got a bit on this week. First game Actually, of Ron Massey. We've got a wedding. We've got captains yep. run on Multiple Friday. We've again. got training on Thursday. So, yeah, we'll... We might struggle this week. Sorry. We might. We'll see how we go. Sunday night, maybe. We'll play it by ear. Yeah. And we'll see what we can come up with. But for play now... by ear. Thank you. Bluebet.com.au, Penrith Solar Centre, and Hijack. Brock, have a good week. You too, mate. Good luck for round one as we kick things off this weekend with the Mounties. And for everybody out there, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.